Salam everyone, welcome. You're watching the You Mentor Teenage Talk Show. I'm your host, Imran Daramsi. Um, thanks for joining us, first of all, uh, on YouTube Live. Before we start our interview today, we wanted to highlight Umoja's new docu-series, Beyond the Game. You might have remembered we told you about this on our last show two weeks ago, but since then, um, the docu-series is now up on YouTube, and it's coming out every Wednesday and Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, so for those of you who haven't heard of the docuseries yet, um, we're just going to play the trailer really quick, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, if you want to catch the docuseries, you can catch it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and the Umoja app. So any of those channels will work. Um, we had a small tournament in New York in 2012, which was really, really small, actually. It was a, just eight-a-side men's tournament, eight teams only. And it was actually created by just us calling different friends and you know that we knew and invite them. New York, New York, New York, New York. He's through to the finals. The connections I've made um, through the years, um, the bonds that have been formed, and the moments during the games, those are all impacts and memories that I will always remember. I think Umoja does an amazing job at bringing different people together from all different walks of life. And I think it's an amazing way to meet Muslims all over the world and stay connected. Umoja has become the most powerful organization because of you. We just said, just not let this thing die. That was it. So we hope you enjoyed um, that trailer right there. Um, and again, if you want to catch it, you can catch it on our Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, the Umoja app, which you can download for Android and iOS, and even our website. So any of those channels will work. Okay. So today we're gonna we're uh, joined by Brother Ali Jawad Balu. Um, Brother Ali attends Penn State University Samil College of Business. He has an interest in pickleball and racket sports, and he's created the website pickleballvortex.com, which he's going to show us today. He also has extensive community service experience. So I'm really happy to welcome him onto the show. And just a reminder, if you have any questions for our panelists, you can ask in YouTube Live, and um, we'll bring your question up on the screen, and Brother Ali will be happy to answer it. So let's just bring Brother Ali in here. Assalamu alaikum, Ali. How are you? Buddy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, thanks. Um, so first, um, I think a lot of our audience were um, intrigued when they saw that you're interested in pickleball because it's a lesser known sport. So talk about, you know, what is pickleball? Yeah, so um, pickleball is actually, it's, uh, it's a racket sport that was invented in like 1965. Uh, it's a cross of tennis, ping pong, and badminton. Uh, it's played on like a badminton court with a, a net that's slightly smaller than a tennis net, uh, with paddles that are that look kind of like oversized ping pong paddles and uh, a ball that looks similar to a wiffle ball. Mm -hmm. So I think you had shared with me some videos of pickleball. So can you just explain to us, you know, like what's happening here? Yeah. So pretty much like it, this is a game of doubles, right? And in doubles, like your goal is to get up to the net and make the other guys make the error before you. Do. I mean, you can see this guy's right about to make an error. He just did it right there. 
Um, and I mean, it's all about just trying to make them hit it out or make them hit it up so that you can kind of slam it down at them. Okay. All right. That's pretty cool. So why pickleball? Why, why does it, you know, specifically interest you? So, uh, the story about how I got into pickleball, it, it kind of started, uh, so pretty much in 2015, I was playing soccer at Alwata and I ended up getting a really bad concussion there. And that ended up developing into like post-concussion syndrome. And then at oh, one wow. point, I kind of had to stop playing contact sports altogether. Um, and then in, uh, in 2018, no, sorry, in, in, in 2017, the beginning of like my junior year in high school, um, I was playing, <laughs> I was trying to pick up tennis because it's like a non-contact sport. It would, it would yeah. be easier to play. And I just was not great at it. And <laughs> uh, some people playing pickleball and I asked them about what it was and they told me about it. And I ended up buying uh, some gear and just starting with that. And then I ended up progressing right. through it. I got, I got better at it. Uh, and then I started getting pretty passionate about it. I started selling paddles and things of that nature. And then, I mean, from there, it just kept going. Hmm. All right. So, um, you know, that takes us to the site here. So can you tell us, you know, what you made and why you decided to make it? Yeah. So um, pretty much what we've created is a, a hub for all online pickleball content. Um, and so one of the one of the big pain points in pickleball is, especially because it's such a new sport, it's kind of like the Wild West for content, right? There's so much out there, um, but there's nobody really kind of aggregating it to an extent. And and right. so there's so much out there. And, and if you're new to pickleball, I mean, you can go online and you can kind of sift through hours of content not knowing what's good, what's bad. So the pain point that we kind of aimed to eliminate was was just like the time spent trying to figure out like what am I actually watching or – we don't want people kind of going in, seeing a video that gives bad instruction. And then mm -hmm. you kind of just progress through the game as a player who's, who's using like faulty technique. Hmm. All right. Um, so what steps have you taken, um, you know, to curate this content to make sure that um, it's giving quality information? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we, we kind of built like a team. It's not just me doing this website. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of other people on it. And one of one of the guys who who was really instrumental in kind of making sure that we had good content was um, a, a a pro. He's at the tennis center at Penn State. He's the head mm -hmm. of tennis and pickleball programming, and he's actually a sponsored pro. Uh, oh, okay. by, what's by a sponsored pro? I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, but what's a sponsored pro? So a sponsored pro is pretty much um, somebody who plays in tournaments and is sponsored by a certain paddle company. Oh, so okay. he's sponsored by Head, which is they're also a tennis company. They're kind of moving mm -hmm. into pickleball now. Uh, so he he pretty much gets like head rackets. He wears like head stuff at tournaments and and stuff like that. So he's kind of like one of like so in pickleball there's levels, right? So you go from 1.0 to 5.0 in mm -hmm. 0.5 increments, and he's like a 5.0, which is kind of like the top tier. Wow. Yeah, and so what was nice is that he's also um, an instructor, and he he had he knows a lot about like correct form, correct technique. And so we kind of went in and, and he talked to me about like, what's, what's good technique, what's proper form. And so I just sifted through like hours of videos, making sure that like the technique was right. The quality of the video was okay. And like, it wasn't just boring, right? Like they weren't just speaking in like monotone voices or just having like non-dynamic content. Uh huh. And then from there, we just kind of went and built out the site with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have a question. Why did you decide to uh, make a website as opposed to, you said, you know, you were selling gear before. Why didn't you decide to? Keep going with that. Yeah. So, I mean, with gear. So when I started with gear, I, I went two routes with it. So I, I first reached out to Prolite, which is one of the, the bigger pickleball companies out there right now. 
and I became part of their like wholesale program. So I was kind of like an official dealer for them. So I bought paddles at wholesale prices and sold them at retail prices. And then what I also did was I went on like, uh, I went to like foreign manufacturers and I bought like lower quality paddles and cheaper paddles mm -hmm. for people who don't want to spend like the $99 that a real paddle would cost. So somebody who wanted to oh, buy okay. a $30 paddle or a $10 paddle, you kind of have like more options. So like a beginner kit sort of. Exactly. Okay. And so then what we, what I ended up doing was, I mean, I, I still do that now. Um, okay. But I've, I've always, I've, I've, I kind of wanted to, to kind of start my own thing instead of just doing um, retail. And so when I started looking at it, I was like, okay, my, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll make a paddle and I will work as hard as I can to get to like the upper echelons of pro because with pickleball too, it's, it's still in, in its infancy where like, if you kind of like utilize like the 10,000 hour rule where you just put in 10,000 hours to master the sport, you'll be able to get to that top tier. Um, oh, that's interesting. So yeah. it's not like a sport like soccer or tennis where it's almost impossible to get to the upper yeah. levels. Um, yeah. And that's just because it's so new, right? Mm -hmm. um, give it like 10, 15, 20 years and it's going to start to get harder to do it. But right now it's still, right now it's kind of just starting like the, the, the competitive stages. I mean, like mm -hmm. the, the prize money for tournaments like five years ago was barely even like 10,000. And now like you can get like, like, I mean, there's tournaments like 500 K cash prizes, okay. like total spread across the entire tournament. But I mean, the money's still going up. Mm -hmm. And, and so my, my goal was to kind of get as good as I could and then just rep my own paddle. And I, what I ended up deciding was, I mean, I'm not a material science major. And even if I was, I, I couldn't create a paddle that was much better than the paddles out there today. And mm -hmm. I also figured it'd be kind of stupid to kind of bank on the fact that I would stay healthy because I mean, like rotator cuff injuries or even just like things that you don't see coming. Like if you get mm -hmm. injured, then kind of going pro is not an option anymore. And the entire strategy gets thrown out the window. And so what I ended up deciding was I thought media was a good way to do it because like I said, like it's like the wild west with content. There's just so much out there and so much of it is that's not good. Yeah. And I ended up on a website because I felt like that was the best like medium to aggregate content on because I mean, we've got like videos on there. We've got blog posts. Um, mm -hmm. And and so, yeah, I mean, you have the website up right there. That's the homepage, but there's a lot yeah. of different content types on there and there's a lot of ways to, um, a lot of a lot of things that you can kind of look at there hmm. all right so um why don't we maybe walk through the website a little bit yeah so um, so um, let's go to the home page here to talk us through this what did you make here <laughs> yeah so uh this is this is the home page right uh we wanted the home page to be easy to navigate and not mm -hmm. super in your face uh so we kind of wanted like clear boundaries uh in terms of like sectional differences which is why you're seeing like a lot of like color instead of white space mm -hmm. um you have like a lot of like the blog posts. You've got like a sitemap there. Um, if you scroll up a little bit, there's um, we have like a meet the pro section where we kind of have like pro contributors to an extent. Mm -hmm. There's a featured article. There's a, a note from the founders. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. And w one thing that I really enjoyed making was the beginner gear guide. Um, the beginner gear guide. Where well, would that be? Would that be right here? Beginner yeah, gear guide? Oh, okay. And actually I have one question before you go to that. Are those blog posts by pros or um, like, did you write them? So it, it's, it's a mix, right? Um, okay. Yeah. So some of the blog posts are by pros. Some of them mm -hmm. are just by some people who kind of have like interesting insights on the sport. Some I of them see. are by me. Um, 
I, I know one of them specifically was by the guy who works at Penn State. He was like a tennis pro. He talked about like kind of going from tennis to pickleball and, and what like mm-hmm. differences are there. I see. Um, That's really interesting, you know, that you can get um, into contact with, with pros as a college student. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting. And I use the word pro loosely, right? I mean, with the word pro, I mean, the guy that I've been talking to at Penn State, I mean, he technically is a professional because he teaches and he teaches tennis as well. But like mm-hmm. we've also talked to like tournament pros who kind of are sponsored and and they uh they don't I mean I wouldn't necessarily say they they only play for a living but like a lot of them are kind of full time with pickleball. I see. All right. That, yeah, that's interesting. So yeah. what is this beginner gear guide? You know, I'm sure not a lot of people here have uh, experience with pickleball. So talk us through this. Yeah. So I mean, if anyone's interested in getting into pickleball, I mean it's kind of hard to figure out what kind of paddle you want, what kind of gear you need to start out because there's just so much of it and everybody's trying to sell you something. And so we kind of broke this down that like, if you want to start as a beginner, this is all you need to do. And then we also linked a few sites that way, like you can kind of just get on there quickly. Um, And then if you're ready, so with the beginner gear guide, we pretty much recommended like cheaper paddles that are wood. Okay. And when you're ready to kind of take the step up, then we also have like a a paddle guide on like what to look for in a paddle and, and what you need in paddles. Mm-hmm. Hmm, cool. Pretty interesting. All right. So I guess going more general. Um, oh, and by the way, if you see on the ticker there, you can go to pickleballvortex.com, no capitals, no spaces, um, to see this in action. Um, so maybe going more general, what advice do you have for people who are maybe at the stage you were like last year who have an interest in something um, where there maybe is space for more innovation, um, but and they want to take it further with a passion project, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, so I mean, I think the big thing is, especially if you're kind of younger, I mean, just just do anything, right? Because a lot of the things that you'll do, you'll kind of learn from, right? Like this is kind of like the third passion project that I've kind of worked on. And mm-hmm. like each time it's gotten farther than the last, like this is the farthest I've ever gone with one. And I've learned a lot more from like each one about like just random things. And it kind of helps you as you go through. And so another thing, could you elaborate on like random things? Like what, what have you learned from them specifically? Oh, so, I mean, with this one, a lot of it was just kind of networking um, because a lot of it. So with, with starting this one, right. Mm-hmm. It was all about kind of building a good team. And so I built a team with like two guys who have really good connections in the industry along right. with a person who's gotten a lot of experience with entrepreneurial ventures. And so we kind of put it all together to kind of put this out there because mm-hmm. I think, I mean, there was no way I could have done this by myself. And so I think it was really important in this one specifically to make sure that I was able to kind of build that team to kind of support the project. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's one of them. So, you know, learn how to build a team and would you, you know, would you say just jump in and do it? Would that be some sort of advice that you'd give? Yeah. I mean, especially like definitely try and keep costs low. Right. But Mm -hmm. um, especially like if, if it's a passion project that you want to turn into a business, I mean, maybe don't go for money like right off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just kind of creating something, there's value in that, either in the fact that it's out there and it's good or the fact that you did it and you learned something from it. Right. And you know, it's interesting that a lot of this site really came to fruition during the quarantine. So could you talk us through that a little bit? Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of an idea that that I had since like September, right? And mm-hmm. so throughout the entire time at school, I was kind of, trying to do it but it was kind of sitting on the back burner right because there's so much else we have going on with like classes clubs work and so 
the, the quarantine was actually like a bit of a blessing in disguise in that like I, I kind of got a lot more time to work on this because I mean mm-hmm. I had schoolwork but like it was all online and so I was able to kind of focus on this a lot and yeah I mean just just kind of putting a lot more effort into this kind of yielded a lot more results. Hmm, I see. All right. So what advice would you have? You know, you've been pretty productive during the quarantine. What advice would you have to other people to stay productive during the so quarantine? I really <laughs> I've been productive during quarantine. Um, well, it sure seems like you have been. <laughs> I mean, if you look at my screen talk, I was on, I was on like two TikTok for like an hour yesterday. So <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think the big thing is don't be super hard on yourself, right? Like I used to be like, oh, you have all this time. You need to be doing something with it. And that just kind of ends with like negative energy and you're just not really feeling it. And so like, I have bad mm-hmm. days. Everybody has bad days, right? I think one thing that I've, I've done that really helps me is the two day rule where like, if you meant to do something or like, for example, like working out, right? Like if you, if you want to work out like a couple days a week and you miss a workout one day, don't miss mm-hmm. it the second day. Like just make sure that you're not like spiraling into like a bad yes. rut and just kind of keep like some type of constant flow, but also give yourself breaks, right? Like you don't right. have to be like, you're not a machine. You, you don't have to be like a productivity machine. As long as like you're kind of enjoying and, and you're doing it and you're getting your work done, it's it's not a crazy big deal. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then maybe even more generally, um, you know, you were a college freshman this past year, uh, even though it was a pretty strange freshman year. Um, <laughs> but what advice would you have uh, to yourself and to other you know, to yourself last year, maybe your last year self and other freshmen to be freshmen. Yeah. So big thing is like college is nothing like high school, right? I mean, in high school, you can kind of like screw it by not really studying, just doing the bare minimum, getting your classwork in and you you could be fine. Um, Mm -hmm. With college, especially because like the grade weighting is very different. You kind of need to make sure that you're, you're learning the material, you're doing well on tests, all of like the give me points, like the homework and all that needs to be like a hundred percent. Right. Um, I think, I think another big thing is just managing your time. Right. I think that's something that I struggled with at the beginning, because honestly, like academically, I didn't think that college was harder than high school. Um, Oh, really? That's interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, I also kind of took like a a bit of a harder course load in high school. Um, Mm. but, and I think that was like, I think it prepared me pretty well for college, but I mean, in terms of like course load, it wasn't, it wasn't like a crazy big deal. The, The hard part for me came when I was trying to balance like school classes homework mm-hmm. work uh pickleball like any business things that i wanted to do like friends yeah. all of that like when you're trying when you're trying to balance it all together it gets a lot of harder so like you need to kind of work on your time management make sure like you figure out like when you're going to eat when you're going to do laundry just all mm-hmm. like basic stuff because like i mean your mom isn't really there to help you anymore so <laughs> you kind of have to figure it out on your own right so uh-huh. one of the things one of the things that i ended up doing to kind of help me with that was like on Sundays, I kind of like took it as a reset day, right? Where like, I would just make sure that I was planning out the week, figuring out like what commitments I had, clearing out the email. Cause I mean, there's so much spam. <laughs> so much spam. I have like 40,000 unread messages. Oh, that's, that's the worst. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good. Um, and then like, I guess you'd plan out your week on Sunday, see what you have to get done. Exactly. See how you divide your time. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I mean, you have, like some mandatory commitments, like with club meetings, some classes, and like there's some things that like you want to get to, but you have to figure mm-hmm. out like when you're able to get to it. And then right. in between all that is just getting your work done. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so we have some time left. Um, just a reminder to viewers, if you want to 
uh, ask Brother Ali some questions, feel free, you know, write something in the comments. We'd be happy to bring it up on the screen um, and, and he'd be happy to answer it. Um, but I know that in your, you know, bio on our website, um, there's a lot more than just pickleball. So you have a lot of volunteering experience um, within the community. So if you want to just talk about some of that, um, what have you learned from your volunteering experience? Um, yeah, so like volunteering experience wise, like I did a lot with the mosque. Um, mm -hmm. I used to work in the AV room a lot and then I worked in the kitchen for a bit. Um, and then I also did like soup kitchens here and there. And we did a fundraiser together, me and Imran. We did uh, yeah. <laughs> a refugee thing where we raised money for like refugee families in Leah Valley. Um, I think that in volunteering, like I think that there's a lot, it's a really like general question, right? But I think that you can learn a lot about working with other people, about figuring out like what cause is good to support and what causes mm -hmm. are kind of worth your time. So I think that's, it, it's just right. like, it also, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say that's good. I think that you just learn a lot about different things. About teamwork and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, do you want to go into more detail about a cause that, you know, you've worked for that, you know, you felt has been worth your time to support? Yeah. So um, when I was a junior in high school, um, mm -hmm. I visited Tanzania for like the first time. That was, I mean, where we're from. And so for two weeks, like me, my parents, my sister, we did like the whole tourist thing. Like we did the safari, <laughs> visited the family, ate all the food. Um, and then after that, they went to Canada to visit the rest of the family. Mm -hmm. And I went with my grandparents to Kibaha, which is like a small town, like about a little bit outside of the actual village. And, um, I ended up doing like some volunteering there, but I thought that that was a, a really good experience for me. Not, not because like, I mean, like I helped out, but I think that the impact on me was bigger than the impact on them just because like mm -hmm. the world there is just so much different than the world here. Um, not like a value judgment, like not that like one's better than the other, but yeah. it's like eye opening to see kind of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, how about any of your work experience? I know you were a ref and um, you worked at other places too. So what would you say um, from the work experience that you've had, um, you've taken and applied into, you know, this Pickleball website and other passion projects that you started? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the biggest one and the most obvious one is the fact that I worked as a pickleball instructor at Penn state. Okay. Um, so that was pretty instrumental in just my learning there. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think that's been helpful too. And I think one of the nice things there is cause I work for like campus rec with Penn state. So they do a lot of like professional development trainings and things of that nature. So I think a lot of it is just kind of taking advantage of whatever opportunities you have, because like there's so many opportunities out there. It's just, you have to figure out which ones are kind of worth your time in terms of like opportunity cost. So how do you do that? You know, that's something that a lot of people have questions about. How do you figure out what's worth your time? Yeah. So I think a big thing is just sitting down and figuring out like what's important to you. Right. Because I think a lot of people do things because it looks good or because somebody else wants them to do it. When I think mm -hmm. the real important factor is like, is this something you want to do? And is this something that's going to help you? Right. Because I think when I was in high school, right. Like I tried to do a bunch of clubs when I was in college, like the same thing. But when you get to college, there's I think at Penn State, there's like a thousand different student organizations. So like the question is like, what kind of fits your, your objectives? And so I think it's just sitting down and being honest with yourself about like, what's for fun, what's for professional development, what's for the resume, because you definitely need some stuff for that too. But I think a lot of it is just figuring out what's actually helpful. Right. I see. Mm -hmm. um, another thing, you know, that I see multiple times, you know, uh, interviewing you and just talking to you and knowing you is... 
the fact that some things can be a blessing in disguise. So maybe one example would be your concussion, and another example would be the quarantine because you made you know you made this whole website, and you know uh, it was really an opportunity uh, that you had to take. So can you talk about you know making the best of those difficult situations? Yeah, and so I mean, like, I think that I mean in 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 times of uncertainty and times of that, that don't necessarily look great. I think it's where you can kind of make the most personal growth. Like I think with my concussion, like that was, I mean, because that, that ended up spanning a couple of years just because like yeah. the after effects of it. And so like that point in time, like I wasn't really even playing soccer. And so like, I mean, that was something I used to be super, super passionate about. And I mean, I mm-hmm. still live to an extent, but it kind of forced you to take a step back, look at your life, like figuring out what, what other things you can kind of be passionate about. Right. So Besides I think just, soccer. Yeah. And I think it's just mm-hmm. about making, making the most of the opportunity because it, it, I mean, if I never had that concussion, I probably would still be playing soccer a lot and kind of never have like seen like the rest of what like the world has to offer. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And how about the quarantine? How, how have you, you know, seized that, that opportunity? Yeah. So I think with quarantine, I mean, I think honestly, to be honest with you, I mean, Aside from the fact that like coronavirus is terrible and it's killing many, many people, yeah. the mm-hmm. quarantine was super, super beneficial for me because I got to work <laughs> on a lot of things. I think because at Penn State, I think I was really overwhelmed with just the amount of opportunity. I was trying to do everything at once. Mm. Oh, that's and, interesting that too much opportunity can sometimes distract oh, you. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so like when I got home, uh, because like online classes weren't super hard, right? Like it's just an online class just to get your work done. And so, like, mm-hmm. I kind of just decided that once school was over, I would just take, like, a break. And so for Ramadan, like, I just took a break. Like, I didn't really do much. I remember playing a lot of Fortnite with everybody. Like, Azur and Ado, we used to play all the time during Ramadan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so once that was over, I kind of just gave myself, like, a break. And then once that was done, I kind of got into it. So I, I've been reading a lot more, um, spending more time with the family, just doing a lot more work. Um and just like, I mean, things of that nature, right? Like, it's just, it gives you time to focus on like what you actually want to do instead of being distracted with school and, and yeah. actual obligations. Right. Well, you know, figuring out what you want to do is an actual obligation. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, just one last thing. Um, is there any final piece of advice that you'd give to people watching this? Um, I think a big thing is just kind of, I wouldn't say sitting down, but just kind of knowing, knowing yourself, I think is a big thing, right? Like knowing, knowing you, knowing what your strengths are, knowing what you actually want to do. Don't just do things because other people are telling you to do them. Don't just do things because people are telling you that like, this is what you can be good at. Figure out like Mm -hmm. what you yourself can actually excel at, figure out what you yourself like can actually be passionate about and then just go with that. Right. Yeah, that's great advice. So thanks. Um, again, yeah. if you want to check out Elise Project in Action, visit pickleballvortex.com um, and buy a, what's it called? Beginner's Guide or Beginner's Kit? Yeah. Yeah, Beginner's Kit. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again. Um, All right, buddy. Yep. Um, so you were just listening to the You Mentor talk show. Um, next week, we have a very special episode. Um we're going to be joined by a college admissions officer, a former college admissions officer, um, and we'll be doing a college admissions special. Um, so for everyone you know who's in middle school, high school, trying to get into the best college that they can, 
Um, you know, you don't want to miss this episode. Um, or during the week, look at our Instagram. We'll be asking for your questions for our panelists. Um, and, you know, we would highly encourage you to respond, to ask whatever you want. You know, um, this year college admissions are really different um, with COVID-19. So I'm sure our admissions officer will be up to date with that too. So, um, and also, you know, next week you can ask questions during, during the show too. So yeah, um, we hope you'll join us. Uh, see you then next Saturday at 3 p.m. on YouTube Live.